You know, when I said that I would argue for one point, I expected you guys to argue against me at some point. I can. Would you like me to? Hello everyone, this is the Coral Cast, Season 2, Episode 8, and today we will be talking about linear progression and player agency, and what makes a good game. Joining you today is me, Austin, Ian, and Carson? Connor! I know it's not, I know it's not Carson, but Carson was the only thing in my head. I'm really sorry, Connor, for always forgetting your name. Why are you thinking? And Connor. And but no, this is Connor here, so... Yeah. Anyway. Here. If any of you listen to this, uh... The moment Game Club starts next week, shout out Austin. His name is Connor, you idiot. <laughs> uh, my argument for today is that player agency is required for a, a good game, and that it's it's essentially a metric for whether a game is good or not. Do you mind defining agency in the long run? Uh, agency is a very good word given to us by M- Mr. Leiden. Thank you, and by the way. It has to do with how a player is capable of controlling some portion of the games, be it the narrative, uh, their, the gameplay aspects, how they play the game, what they play with, etc. Now, by that, we literally mean like anything from, say, like the Telltale game series, where you choose either option A, B, or C, and that will determine an outcome or a choice later, or to something as simple as like in Borderlands 2. It's like, oh, I got a better gun drop off that enemy. I'm going to use that now. Or it could mean that uh, just difference between in Metal Gear Solid going stealth or blowing everything up and guns guns blazing. Stealth. And, and my preferred thought is sandbox games. And starting my argument off, I believe that player agency is so important because of how prevalent it is in modern gaming. Uh, I personally cannot think off the top of my head of any games whatsoever that were modernly made uh, where player agency is not a very large point of the game. For instance, in, in Titanfall, you're given player agency in that you are allowed to choose your Titan, choose your weapon, and choose how you play the game, such as are you going to be running across the walls or are you going to be more stealth or etc. Uh, in Breath of the Wild, you it's a complete sandbox game in which you're started off in one area and you're allowed to progress from there. And as Ian said, in Telltale, you're allowed to change the story through your actions. With Breath of the Wild, after you complete the starting area where you're which is the great plateau where you just learn everything and get a bit of lore you can choose essentially one of two big options you can either try and do the story at your own pace or you can be like me and do like 95% of everything before you even touch one of the divine beasts i'm i'm kind of a mix I, I like to get into story games, like I'm in one now, uh, Little Nightmares, that's so far pretty good. And then there's other ones that I just like to screw around. Uh, one of my favorites is the Just Cause series. Just being able to go around and blow stuff up and just, I don't know, it relaxes me at times. So Now, for a lot of this, we've been talking about um, story-based player agency, but when it comes to uh, gameplay mechanics and just gameplay in general player agency uh, Pokemon can be a pretty good example in the fact that people can inflict challenges on themselves such as the infamous Nuzlocke where you can only catch the first Pokemon you encounter on any given route and if a Pokemon faints it's considered dead meaning it only has one life this heavily restricts the player 
makes it much more of a challenge. And then also, just in the Nuzlocke rules in general, people like to nickname their Pokemon so that uh, more emotional value. And let me just say, it actually works. Now, what I was saying about how Half-Life is not a game which has player agency and is very linear. You never mentioned that. That was before this. I mentioned it in a previous week, and so I'll mention it again. Half-Life is a terrible game because it does not give the player enough options. And talking about this, I mean, the story is linear. It's a story-based game, after all. That's acceptable. However, getting from one point of the story to the next is in the exact same fashion. It's, it's linear. It's one progression to the next. You go to a map, be it uh, you're on the hills and you have to fight some bugs. Antlions. Antlions. And then you have to repair your, your car or your buggy, whatever it is. And then you drive elsewhere to the next part of the story. And this can be found in several different ways. And there are puzzles as well. The puzzles are solved how they are meant to be solved. Uh, be it you put a barrel in some place and you jump on that barrel. Or you can solve them through an exploit or whatever other thing you wish to do. But that's pretty much it. Uh, Mr. Lydon mentioned you can funnel enemy, you can choose how you fight enemies. But even then, in one given situation, you are given a, a very limited range of weapons. Sometimes only one weapon, sometimes none. Me being a player of Half-Life, it in a way it can be good and in a way it can be bad. Uh, it honestly depends, like... It could have been Valve's idea to make it super linear. Maybe they didn't want people going and finding exploits off in other places. It depends on how the developers want people to play their game. If it's more open like Breath of the Wild, where they like, ah, yeah, give full range of uh, motion to characters and allow them to go wherever and, and find lore, it kind of depends on what the developers really want their outcome to be for their story. Maybe it, the pacing of it and where you could go depended on the rest of the story and how you got there. I can't wait for Austin to get roasted by a ton of people when we come back. And so, Half-Life, the Half-Life series in general, are bad games because they do not exhibit enough agency to the player. They do not give you enough options. That is my, my, my idea. If you ever said this like publicly on, publicly on the internet, there would be a manhunt. I for would your, fight them. There'd be a manhunt for your death. Another sort of form of player agency is uh, can be your play style. Like Pokemon, for example, you could just have an all-out offensive team. Or you could only have Infernapes. <laughs> exactly. You could only have a single type of Pokemon. Or you could be that one guy that just runs six super tanky, super stally mons and makes the battles last forever. So then you don't really win, quote unquote, by knocking them out. You win by having the other person either fall asleep on their, their controls or just leave. In any shooter game, be it Call of Duty, Fortnite, or even Shellshocked, you have the option of choosing what weapon you'd like to use. That is your playstyle. In Metal Gear Solid Five, there's essentially two clearly defined ways to go about any mission. Either slow and quiet or fast and loud. Me personally, I love going full stealth because it's sort of the more challenging version, being that in order to maintain your stealth, you usually have to go with lighter equipment, less equipment, and um, just in general, you gotta take things more slowly and cautiously. While with Fast and Loud, you can just be like, Diamond Dogs, drop me in a tank and about 50 things of C4 
and just go in and blow up an entire base. That's expensive. Come on now. That um, is true. That will just run your uh, your GMP dry, and then you won't be able to do that anymore. Well, and then there's games like uh, Uncharted with with a lot of people thinking, yeah, it's a really linear game, but it still has that small amount of player agency where you can choose to go loud and shoot everybody and take them out uh, with weaponry, or you can go the very stealthy route and either not kill everybody or use silence weaponry or melee weapons. And... Another thing that, I mean, another game that I would also like to mention that I think Austin is definitely a, definitely a, someone that this involves, uh, Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Depending on your build, you can actually, you can either be someone who is clearly skillful based on it, or you can just be a dex build, bleed build, trash. scrub, trash, where you just take a, a dagger and just flail your arm to just rack up bleed as fast as possible and cheese every enemy. Dark Souls is... Uh, just like any other or any other uh, equipment or playstyle based game, when it comes to agency, it has a linear playstyle or a, a linear story, in that uh, you you obviously do your your bosses in order or not in order, and then you kindle the fire or you don't. It doesn't really matter if you do or don't. It doesn't affect anything. It's the very end. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you can just be like firekeeper, light the fire, or oops, I stabbed you. That's fine. Or you can. Or you can choose to give the fire keeper her eyes and get the secret ending. No. And a, th a third... No one ever does that. I do. The third kind of player agency is sandbox. Uh, games like Gary's Mod. Uh, Minecraft, if Minecraft. you really want to go there. <laughs> and Breath of the Wild. Gmod most prominently because, especially with just how many people love Gmod as a game, going onto the workshop... Or even simply in game, you have the ability to to browse the workshop to an extent. Gmod is you can... the term sandbox. Like there's, it's hard to find another game to describe sandbox. Exactly, mm -hmm. which is, which Minecraft. is why. Shut up. Which is why when a lot of people think of a sandbox game where you can just do whatever, a lot of people will usually think of Gmod because you can just download stuff from a simple player model to make you look like Jotaro. Or you can download, like, a crazy, super overpowered weapon. Or you can download an entire mod which allows you to play a certain game like, uh, like Prop Hunt or, or uh, Rafts and, or such and such. Or TTT or just anything, because even right now, there's probably still new characters, new models, new stuff just being created as it stands, because... That's the whole thing about Gmod. It's... You mod it. It's a game for other people to make it their own. They can make their own game depending on, like, the people who made Prop Hunt or TTT or... And my personal favorite of all games, Breath of the Wild. When Breath of the Wild was made, uh, it was literally called the Zelda that they, they wanted Zelda to be. The entire game is sandbox. There's story, but... The whole idea is you're dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and you're never exactly told what to do, but you figure out what to do through your interactions with other people, uh, through from town to town, and from tower to tower, and beacon or whatever, temple to temple. Shrines. Shrines, not temples. Uh, the, the weapons is completely your choice. Uh, in fact, they break often, so you're always trying new styles. Uh, your armor is always changing. Like, if you want to swim above a waterfall, 
you get specific armor to do that. If you want to be in the hot volcano, you have to have different armor to do that. And even when it comes to the storyline in the very end and how you defeat the boss, you can affect that too. Because you can go to the, uh, the what are they called? You can go to the four divine beasts and upon defeating them, it will make the final boss fight a bit easier. But upon beating each one, it will give you a special power. So you're saying that you can technically just go and fight the final boss in Breath of the Wild before you, fighting all the Divine Beasts? You literally yes. can. You're physically able to literally walk out of the Shrine of Resurrection and, then just, into and then just run over to Ganon. Just, hi, Ganon. Exactly. Hi. But, but then you also have what I'm doing in which I'm just playing it at my own pace. I'm trying to do all the shrines, trying to max out a lot of my armor and like Austin said there's the armor aspect to it where if where certain armor sets will have uh, set bonuses upon upgrading them or even if you want to upgrade them there's also the whole food aspect you can collect exactly you collect ingredients and certain ones have certain traits that when you cook them in a dish you can either make a food that restores all of your health and gives you 20 bonus temporary hearts or you can make an elixir that speed that doubles your speed exactly or makes your stamina have an extra two bars to it also a few miscellaneous points if it rains fire enemies will lose their fire if you have a wooden weapon and you walk next to a fire you can light it on fire to do more damage if you're in a cold biome your food will freeze which is a new ingredient if you're in a hot biome your food will cook which is a cooked ingredient there's so much you're able to do I believe because of its player agency, Breath of the Wild is the best game. The opposite of Half-Life. Oh, and uh, one last game I'm going to go on. It doesn't really fit into a category of linear. I guess it's more sandbox, but it kind of... The game itself determines the way you play, because it's Binding of Isaac. I don't think you guys have heard of I've, it. I've definitely I've heard of it. played it All right. a lot. Anyway, so yeah, the Binding the of Isaac... From I got your guys' experience, it determines your gameplay. If you get bad items, I mean, granted, my friend plays it, like, daily and knows the items, but if you play and don't know it, it determines how you play. It can be linear, but it also can't be, yeah. because it's a very RNG-dependent game. You can play a character like Isaac, in which you get the D6, and you can, also, and you can almost guarantee yourself an OP run. So... If you want to say a scale of 0 to 10 in games, you should more appropriately say a scale from Half-Life to Breath of the Wild. And that is all. See you next time. I swear, when we walk into... Not even game, Not even Game Club. When we just come to school tomorrow, if anyone has heard this by the time that this is out... Like, people are literally just going to want to murder you. Let's just keep this in. Yes, please keep that bit in. You know, when I said that I would argue for one point, I expected you guys to argue against me at some point. I can. Would you like me to? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. Add it a little uh, something. Maybe add it a little so, something of your own. So, uh, one of the things that makes video games video games is they allow, they allow agency, right? Um, but so do any games. So does sports. So does kickball. So does tennis. And that kind of agency is great. It's invigorating. It makes you feel energetic and like you are able to do things. And that's fantastic. Uh, but 
one thing that sports can't do that video games can do is it can work as an art form. It could manipulate people into having emotional responses that are wide and varied and deep and complicated. Uh, and if you want games that are purely agency driven, you are removing us from the realm of games like uh, That Dragon Cancer and Gone Home, which are about exploring issues of familial loss and, uh, and heartache. Uh, you are removing every horror game ever because giving people control get, makes them powerful. And when you remove that control and agency, you make them weak and timid and, and you create tension. Like You are removing the art from video gaming as it stands as a medium if you want pure agency. I cannot argue over art because I'm not an English teacher. But I do have one thing to say. In horror games, uh, oftentimes, the idea is not to die, and you have the option to to hide in certain places so that you don't die. Well, but the, like, whole, but the whole point of horror games is to, like, is to depower you. Think about it, and this happens in other kinds of video games, too. What about like Resident Evil? Like, yeah. Can't you like grab a gun and try shooting the guy? Resident Evil 7 doesn't exist if you want pure agency. But besides that, there's plenty of games where they make you really powerful and you have all kinds of agency, and the most powerful points of those video games, you can think of like Wolfenstein, for example, is when you get captured, you lose all your stuff, and you're in a really tense situation. The agency is gone, but the emotional effect of that well, scene, also, like, uh, that's how it lives. Going into Half-Life, uh, just they add an emotional effect, even though it's being linear, they take characters away from you, they put you into tense situations. Oh. But in, uh, in situations in which you have things taken from you or you're very weak, having to work with your weakness isn't in of itself an agency because you have to, to work with that. And one, if you work with it, you have to find some style that suits it. You have to find some ability of your own to make it work. As I said before, though, like everything has agency. You still make choices, but you're, uh, the emotional effect of video games only really works when we limit agency in ways that that create tension. I mean, for example, in Metal Gear Solid V, there's a certain mission where there's a sort of outbreak or like resurgence of the vocal mm -hmm. cord parasite, and you just have to go God. in like you got like no gear. That gutted me. That scene gutted I me. Remember, I, I would like I was. It, it hurts so much. I was like physically in tears because like I felt like the pain of Big Boss because like these were diamond dogs. They had. Yeah. They were just 100%. They pledged. Everything I, for big boss. I literally just got chills thinking about that scene because that that last part where you go into the last room and they salute as you kill them. Like, and oh my goodness! And, and it's playing. And you, like, there's no other choice. There's no. These are the people that you, you play the entire game getting these people. You you exactly. worked to the bone getting them. You like for this one guy, you went on a mission mission to get this one guy, this one specialty, and then you kill him. Exactly. And he's so gone. That's so this is exactly the point, and, it, and the fact that that's from Metal Gear Solid Five is a great, great example because that's a game that is wildly open. You can do things in a number of different ways, but what's the part that really resonates emotionally? That really is going to stand it's out those later. Parts it's the part that removes your agency and it just gut punches. Exactly, you. like I was, like I am purely stealth, but in that I had nothing stealth. I had a lethal pistol. I had nothing. I literally had to go in and I and I had to kill my own men. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like, I'm serious, like, I'm with you there. Like, that was just... Yep. God. And then, this, and then the cutscene after that. Yeah, that hurts. Oh. It hurts so bad. And I remember when Those the... Uh, the and later the, the, the plague shows up again, and I'm like, no, I can't do it again. I just can't. <laughs> I can't. No, I can't. I don't want to go through that again. 